You're listening to the HCC Podcast. Have you ever heard anybody say that tongues shall cease or tongues have ceased? I have. How do you respond to that when people ask you that? Or they, when you talk about speaking in tongues and they say, hey, you know what, bro, tongues have ceased. I tell them that's not true. Where do you think they get that, though? Why, why, do, why do people say that? In fact, I read a document one time. We've got some folks here that came from a church. <laughs> I shouldn't call it out. But anyway, there's a denomination. They teach against speaking in tongues. I'm talking about a Christian denomination, which is Strange. fascinating to me. But uh, they have an actual pamphlet that they hand out, pages long, about why we don't speak in tongues anymore. That's interesting. It is very interesting. I threw it away. Scripture, they go, (laughs) a lot of people go by the scripture that says, tongues shall cease, knowledge shall cease, other things shall cease. Other things shall cease. Preaching shall cease. Preaching shall cease. And I asked them, has knowledge ceased yet? And they said no. And I said, well, tongues haven't either. So that was my response. Yeah. That's what we, I had a, a person come in one time. We talked about, I remember Aunt Bunny, she had got the Holy Ghost here. She came from that denomination I was telling you about. So she came here and she was so excited about uh, the church and the preaching and all of that. And, and uh, she was coming to the service. She went to this other church, this other denomination who did not speak in tongues. She was there for 60 years. And, um, and she got the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, right? Yes, sir. So defied everything she'd ever been taught. But when God baptized her with the Holy Ghost, she spoke in tongues. She was so amazed, right? Well, we put that on Facebook, and uh, somebody heard about it and uh, saw it on Facebook and said, you know what? They, they contacted me, and they said, we, I'd like to come and talk to you about this Holy Ghost. So they came, and they, they asked me. They said, uh, well, tell me, why, what, what, tell me about this Holy Ghost thing, you know? And, uh, and, and they asked the question. I thought tongues, the Bible says that tongues shall cease. And uh, so I went, I took them, it's, it's actually in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 13, verse number 8. Of course, chapter 13 is the love chapter, right? That's what we always use at weddings and different yes. things. You know, love never fails and all of that stuff. And uh, I, I always think it's amazing. People, it's actually a rebuke against the church at Corinth, but we use it as, oh, the, yeah. as the love chapter, you know. So what, what I did is I actually went through the scriptures with this person because you can't just read one scripture and say, well, tongues shall cease. Uh, here, I'll just read it. Charity never faileth, uh, but whether there are prophecies, they shall fail. And whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, they shall vanish away. Now, we don't have time uh, to go through all of this, but if you had your Bible at home or you're listening or whatever, if you began to read chapter 12, you can't just read one scripture, right? No, you don't have the context. You don't have the context. So you've got to figure out what, what was said. What's the, what's the conversation? And um, what do you ta- say to people when they, when they do take scriptures out of context? I use an example of, uh, there's a scripture that says Judas went and hung himself. Another one that said, go you and do likewise. Yeah. You take those out of context, put them together, you've got trouble, right? Trouble, right? Yeah. So you've got to make sure that you take it. Just like John 3, 16, for God's, uh, how's so it love go? the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his, his only, only begotten, begotten son, that whosoever prepares him should not, whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. You take that one scripture right there out of, 
the Bible and you stick it on your bumper sticker or on your T-shirt or whatever, and you you say, well, all I have to do is believe in the Lord. We talked about this last week. That's true. That we understand that just believing that God existed is not what he means by believing and so we, and that's what led us into this conversation is you've got to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Cause it says, if you believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living waters, the spake of the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. So there is a dynamic thing that happens supernaturally to us when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So when, when people say, uh, so context, I'm going to get back to context. So you've got to realize what Paul was talking about when he says tongues shall cease. And uh, of course, and, and I like what you said, love never fails, but where there are prophecies or preaching, that's the preaching, the inspired word of God through the utterance of a man of God, you know, the pr- prophecies or preaching of the word, they're going to fail uh, or they're going to cease, right? They're going to stop. There's going to be a time when we will no longer need any of these things. Now, when will that be? Afterwards. After the rapture, after, after we're with the Lord, right? With the after, Lord, yeah. yes. So when we are in heaven and this is all done away with, the world has passed away, mm-hmm. then we won't need to be, we won't even need, because what he's talking about in chapter 12, he says, he, here, he begins this. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would, I would not have you to be ignorant. So he's about to go into a Bible study, so to speak, about spiritual gifts, he talks about the gifts of healing and the gifts of prophecy and the gifts of laying on the hands, the gifts of faith, uh, all of these supernatural gifts of the spirit. That's right. And if you read through this, what was the, you remember the problems that the Corinthian church was having with all of this? They had quite a few problems. Yeah. Well, they were, I mean, with this, they were speaking in tongues. They were speaking out of order. Uh, yeah. They weren't allowing God to move in it. They were just speaking in tongues. Yeah. They were. So the preachers were sp- basically getting up and instead of preaching a sermon Mm -hmm. they would get up and full of the holy ghost and led by the spirit they would just speak in tongues for however long and paul said people don't understand you're you're putting your he told the church at ephesus or the church at corinth you're putting all of your focus on the wrong thing true now he did say that we should contend for the gifts these gifts are not bad. You know, we want to make sure that we have it, but everything has to be done decently and in order. That's exactly what he told him. He says, you got to have balance, you know? And he says, if you have sinners come into your congregation, all of this is in chapter 12, 13 and 14. This is all there. If you read through it, I said, we don't have time to go verse by verse, but if we were sitting in front of somebody, this is what I usually do is I go one verse at a time and walk them through this. Mm -hmm. So Paul's walking this tightrope, what I call it between telling the church you need to get back to center and not be so spiritualized about Mm -hmm. everything, but don't stop doing those things. Those things are important. That's part of your, that's part of our apostolic heritage and the baptism of the Holy ghost is these spiritual gifts. He says, we should desire these gifts. We should contend for them. We should, um, uh, Embrace uh, embrace them, operate in the gifts of the spirit. He says, but, if you have sinners come to your congregation, your church gathering, and all you do is speak in tongues, what he said was going to happen? Confusion. Yeah, you're going to confuse them. They're going to get freaked out. They're going to run away. They will. You're scaring people off. They're going to think you're plumb crazy. So he said, wouldn't it be better that if they heard a testimony that they could understand 
Wouldn't that be better? Then they could then relate to that testimony. This is what he said. He said, what if I'm singing in tongues and the guy beside me doesn't understand what I'm saying? It doesn't benefit him. Doesn't benefit. It only benefits me. It edifies me. It builds my faith, right? And a lot of times people say, well, tongues, the Bible preaches against tongues. Paul says it's edification of self. Well, that's not a bad thing. Paul wasn't saying that edification of self was a bad thing. Edification is the building of your faith. Yes, sir. So it's a good thing, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so edification. uh, Okay, so Paul said that everything has to be done decently in order. And so if you, what if, here's, I get back to this point. If Paul said, if I'm singing in tongues, the guy beside me has no benefit. But if I'm singing to the Lord and testifying about his goodness, then the guy beside me is going to hear my testimony. He's going to hit and it may touch him and he may be affected by that. Wouldn't it be better that if the, the sermon preached could be in, understood yes, by the listener yeah. and then that person come to an altar, so to speak, and they receive the Holy ghost. They speak with tongues. Yes, sir. Wouldn't that be better? Yes, they sir. wouldn't think you were crazy. No, because that, that would be the manifestation of God in their lives, the supernatural power of God in their lives. So he says, church, you got to understand. He says, you're putting off this church. You remember you just said a minute ago, they got all kinds of problems. That's true. They didn't have love. They had pride. They were suing one another. They had, uh, adultery situations were going. I mean, this was a mess. And, but at the same time, they were all acting spiritual and focusing on all the spiritual stuff. And so Paul was telling them, this is what chapter 13 was about. He says, love is not proud. Love is not, doesn't envy. Love does not get revenge. So he was telling them that you guys are focusing on the wrong thing. You're putting all your emphasis on the spiritual, but you're not putting the the emphasis on the those real things. He says, if, if I speak with tongues of angels, but I don't have love. Yes. You're then nothing. I have nothing. You have nothing. Right. And he goes through the whole list. And he says, listen, church, one of these days when we make it to heaven, when all that is perfect has come, we won't need the gifts of the Spirit anymore. Think about it. Will we need to lay hands on people for, no. for them to be healed? No, sir. Not in heaven. No pain. No, no pain. No, suf- no sickness. Will a preacher need to get up and preach? No, sir. No, we will not need to hear what thus saith the Lord from a man. We will hear it from God himself. That's we will right. be there with him. That's right. will, will we need to speak with tongues in heaven? No. No, we won't. All of those things are here for us now. There's nothing wrong with them. But we have to understand, this is what the church needed to understand at Corinth. These things that you're putting all your eggs in, this basket, right? You're putting everything in here. You're telling yourself that you're all spiritual and all these things. Uh All of those things are going to pass away. Mm -hmm. One of these days, we're not going to have the knowledge. We're not going to need it. We're not going to have preaching. We're not going to need it. We're not going to have tongues. We're not going to need it. But love, faith, and hope will never pass away. So if you're going to excel in something, he said, excel in love. If you're going to boast about anything, boast about your love for one another. Now, how did God say that we would... uh, uh, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have loved one for another. Not that you spoke in tongues. Nope. Not that you operated in miracles. That's right. Nope. But that you love one another. So this is the greatest gift of the Spirit. Now, 
Paul, again, he's walking this tight rope. He doesn't want him to stop doing this. That's right. But he wants them to do it decently in order. So if you read the scriptures, and we don't have time to go through it, but if you read thir- chapters 12, 13, and 14, you're going to see it. And then when he gets to 14, he starts talking about the order of service. And I always love this. I always close it with this scripture right here. He's, he's trying to get the matter here. And he says, uh, verse number 39 in chapter 14, he, he talks about having church, when to speak in tongues, when not to speak in tongues. And he talks about speaking in tongues. He's very, you can speak in tongues, but two or three, only two or three, but after two or three, if there's not somebody that's going to tell everybody what they're saying and interpretation, then, you know, move on with the service, right? Move on with the preaching or the worship or whatever. Uh, but he's trying to, again, walk in this tight rope. He doesn't want anybody to be confused. So verse 39, he closes the whole matter. He says, wherefore brethren covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Another version says, forbid no man to speak in tongues. So we, he's not telling us to not speak in tongues. He's not saying that tongues are going to cease. You mentioned this the other day, uh, in Acts chapter 19, when they, when Paul rebaptized those disciples, how many years after Pentecost was 22 that? years, 22 years, they were still receiving the baptism of the Holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Yes. Sir. So has tongue ceased? People say, well, has tongue ceased? No, sir. No way. Absolutely not. No. And how do you know personally that tongues has not ceased? Well, there's many ways that I know. I've watched people come and receive the baptism of the Holy ghost speaking in tongues who didn't even know anything about it. Just like me. I walked in as a worldly man, and I walked out someone that had received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. So it's not just about the tongues. You know, we, I talked to you the other day about people go to buy shoes. They don't focus on the tongues. They focus oh, on right. the shoe, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a kind of a practical example. The tongues come with the shoe. They come, the tongues come with the shoe. So when you pray for the Holy Ghost, the mm-hmm. baptism of the Holy Ghost, the tongues will come with it. Yeah. That's a part of that's the evidence of receiving. So should people seek tongues if they haven't received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking? Should they then seek tongues? No, no. What should they seek? Seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Seek the Holy. Seek the Holy Ghost. That's yeah. right. So we got to seek the Lord. You know, the Bible is. It talks about a lot of times the Pentecostals. I heard actually heard Joel. No, John Osteen, an old tape of his, preach about speaking in tongues. Not Joel, but John, the daddy, right? Yes, sir. Uh, years ago. And it was very good. He says, don't blame the Pentecostals. That was the title of his message. Hmm. And it was a three-part message, I think it was, because I was listening to one of the parts of the series. And he says, don't blame the Pentecostals about speaking in tongues. He said, it ain't the Pentecostals. He says, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. We're talking about believers last week. Right. What were the signs that, that, that what would be the sign there was, they were speaking new tongues. They will speak with tongues. Jesus told us that in, in the book of Mark. It recorded right there. He says, that, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They will operate in the gifts of the Spirit, supernatural gifts of the Spirit, the laying on the hands, the, the healing of the sick, right? Yes, sir. The sick shall recover, and they will speak with tongues. Jesus already said that. That's right. So the Bible is full. John said, John talked about the Holy Ghost coming. The Holy Ghost, John the Baptist, what I say, John the Baptist said that the, uh, there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, Isaiah talked about speaking in tongues. He yes, says, sir. with stammering lips and with another tongue, will I speak to my people? This is the re- rest, the refreshing. So he talked about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do we know that he was referring to speaking in tongues? Isaiah 
when Isaiah spoke about that, I forget what scripture it is. I have 40 and 22, something like that. He said, with stammering lips, another tongue will I speak to my people. People say, well, how do you know he was talking about speaking in tongues? Well, when Paul was giving the Bible study to Corinth about speaking in tongues, yes, he used that very scripture and told, brought that to the table and said, this is what Isaiah said about this. That So uh, it was a prophesied in the Old Testament that there would be a supernatural sign. That's right. Uh, that God would give. So when we say that, um, what is the evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost? What would you say? If I asked you that, what would, what's that, the evidence? The evidence is the fact that God has taken control of your tongue. Uh, tongue is the most unruly member of the body. No man can tame it. And so when you pray, you repent. It starts out with repentance and you're sincere before God. And then the Holy Ghost comes it's not something that you do. It's something that he does in you and through you. By, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. We're talking about tongues. And I've yeah. seen, over the years, I've seen hundreds of people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost the same way. The same way, right. Same way. And then, of course, just the gift of tongues and interpretation and other gifts like you talked about in Corinthians. Uh, those have a different purpose and place. Uh, but there are gifts that can be imparted on people as God sees fit. Well, somebody said, if somebody said, well, that's your interpretation of, you know, that's because you're Pentecostal, you know, because you're apostolic and you speak in tongues and you go to church where people speak in tongues, that's then you believe it's true. But if you didn't have any of that, if you didn't have an experience mm -hmm. with this yourself, no experience at all, let's say, okay. and all you had was the Bible, that's true. then and I asked you, what is the evidence of receiving the baptism of the Spirit? The, whole, the Holy Ghost, the receiving the Spirit of Christ in you, okay? What is the evidence of that? Well, we know tongues is part of that, but the other part is a changed life, uh -huh. being converted. Uh, you walk, I walked in uh, a worldly man. I walked out a different man. Everything was completely different, and I knew that there was a supernatural gift that had been imparted to me in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And it wasn't something that I, uh, I was even— So it could be more than tongues. Yes, sir. So it doesn't have to be tongues. It has to be tongues. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so what is the evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost if all you had was the Bible? Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord. Now, how do you know that? Because the very first time that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the Bible okay. was Acts chapter 2. And what happened? When the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, spoken tongues, and as the Spirit gave, as the, Spirit the, utterance, gave right. the utterance, and they were acting like drunk people, right. because they said, you know, he said, we're not drunk as you suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day, but so this the, is that. the evidence that was apparent, that was the big deal on Acts chapter 2, was them speaking in tongues. Absolutely. That, that is what the Bible says was noised abroad. When this was noised abroad, what was this? The speaking in tongues. Yes, sir. The people in Jerusalem were marveled, and they were amazed, the Bible said. And they said, what? What meaneth what this? Mean yeah, this? what does this mean? Right, and on? Peter said, this, is speaking that. in tongues, is that which was prophesied by the prophets of the Old Testament. Yes, sir. And then he started talking about the prophecies of Joel, the prophecies of David, the prophecies of, of the Old Testament. He says this is what the Old Testament's prophesied about the outpouring of the Spirit, that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, that your old man will see dream, dream dreams. He says this is that. is that which was 
them speaking in tongues. That yes. was what they were so amazed about. Mm-hmm. So the entire sermon on the first day of church, when God breathed life into the entity of his body of believers, was speaking in tongues. This was the major moment of their first church service. That's right. The supernatural sign. This is what they waited for, right? Mm-hmm. He's, Jesus says, now go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost, which you have heard of me, which you have heard from the prophets. You heard from John the Baptist. They all told you about it. Now go get it. And go. they went and got it. And the supernatural sign speaking was nothing other than speaking in other tongues. As the Spirit did the right. yeah. And so then they, they said, well, what shall we do now that the new covenant has come into play? And he says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, and receive the baptism, be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's promised for you, your children, to far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So what happened in the next instance when somebody got the Holy Ghost? You know, the, the Bible records five times that somebody received the Holy Ghost or people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And every time there was a supernatural sign that accompanied. Speaking in tongues. Four of those times record what that sign was. All right. And that was speaking in other tongues. That's true. This is what Paul said in, in Acts chapter 10 when he went to, or Peter went to preach it to Cornelius. But what happened there when he was talking to Acts chapter 10? Well, he received the Holy Ghost as well. Cornelius and his house got the Holy Ghost. Right. They were How did they know? Because they spoke in tongues. He heard, for he heard them speak in tongues. This is, the Bible says in Acts 10 and 44, while he yet spake the word, the Holy Ghost fell upon them with the Gentiles. Yes, sir. And they, for, for he heard them speak with other tongues, the wonderful works of the Lord, right? So yes. he commanded them to be baptized in Jesus' name. The next day, now Peter went and preached to the Gentiles. The Jews didn't like the Gentiles. They didn't think the Gentiles could even be saved. That's right. What was Peter's justification for baptizing these heathens? Well, God showed him in a vision when he was praying. Well, what, the, he, the next day, when he he went to the, they were coming against him. They were saying, "Peter, what gives you the authority? How did? Why did you take? Why did you baptize Cornelius and his house in Acts chapter eleven? And he said, because. I heard them receive the Holy Ghost the same way it fell upon us at the beginning. Okay. So Acts chapter 2, them speaking in tongues, he said that was the sign. I knew that God was no respecter of persons, that if God's going to fill them with the same Holy Ghost, evidence, speaking in tongues, then he's he's going to give it to us, and he gives it to them. He says, I cannot forbid, and I cannot hold back. He says, that is the supernatural sign that God has accepted their sacrifice and their repentance. Yes, sir. So I always ask this question, and I ponder this thought. Why do you think men who haven't received the Holy Ghost would buck this doctrine? They don't understand it. We need to understand what it's about. That's why it's so much of it is written in the Word. Yeah. And uh, that's why Bible study is important, to sit down and look at it. But like you said, when when the Word of God is being preached or when you're reading it, the next thing to do is to put it to the test. You go ahead and do whatever it says, and you'll yeah. find that. I've seen 
I've known of people who've gotten the Holy Ghost in a hotel room. They just mm-hmm. got down beside their bed, began to repent and pray, and God filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Uh, I've seen visitors walk into the back of a church, and the first song note was struck. They raised their hands in the air, and the Holy Ghost fell on them, just like they did in the Book of Acts. Right. So we baptized a, a guy on a Saturday. He was here uh, at one of our outdoor services. He'd never even been to our church, never been to Pentecostal church at all. And we talked to him. He wanted to get baptized. And so we baptized him in Jesus' name. He came up out of the water speaking in tongues. There was no song service going. Nobody taught him a Bible study. Yeah. It wasn't anything. It was just pure before the Lord. We see that all over the world, people in uh, different countries. They don't even speak our language, you know, and uh, missionaries will come and evangelists will come and and uh, preach into their villages. And what happens? They get the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It happens all over the place. You know what I'm seeing now is denominations are starting to embrace tongues again, yes. receiving the Holy Ghost. Because I know uh, some uh, Baptist friends who he told me he heard his pastor speaking in tongues in the prayer room, and he was mm-hmm. seeking the Holy Ghost. Uh, I've I've talked to other Catholics; they have Catholics that are speaking in tongues, receiving the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Yeah, sometimes I've heard that they've had. Sometimes they'll have different services. Yeah, okay. they'll have a spirit-filled service, and then the the regular traditional. Yeah, the traditional non-spirit-filled churches That's right. service. Uh, which one would you, I know? Which one I want to go to? The, <laughs> the, That's the right. more exciting. Anyway, um, why? So here's here's the thing. A lot of the debate. There is a big debate about the speaking in tongues, but I like you said. There's more and more people embracing, but I think there's less people embracing the fact that they don't think that speaking in tongues is the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. They think that speaking in tongues is a gift that some have and some don't. They think that um, uh, speaking in tongues is a an added blessing to their already self-saved state. All right. And they don't believe that it is the receiving the that receiving the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues is even part of salvation. I would say that's not true. That is not true. Because, because we, if you haven't really surrendered, I mean, real surrender means not my will, but thy will. And he said, I, you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I've, I've gone to the altar many times as a young boy when my grandmother took me to church and uh, visiting churches. But I never prayed or repented or anything. But the day I did, yeah, the day I did, and I was sincere and I was pouring my heart out to God, that the Holy Ghost fell on me. And I began to speak in tongues for the first time in my life. It was the most incredible, life-changing thing. Yeah. And the good news is we can speak in tongues regularly right. in our prayer life. Yeah. This is this is what I think, that men shy away from that. They, they would absolutely almost come to blows with somebody if I said to them that they— that that they first of all they ha- you have to have the holy ghost in order to be part of god's kingdom that's right if you don't have the spirit of christ then you are none of his that's what the scripture says so when i say that according to scripture not according to what i have seen or uh, what i have experienced all right but according to scripture there is undeniably according to scripture a supernatural sign that happens when you get the Holy Ghost. Now, we already covered this, Acts chapter 2, it was speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 8, when they went to Samaria, uh, Simon, the sorcerer, he gave money that he might receive the power that whatever happened to the Samaritans when they got the Holy Ghost 
Okay, this is get back to Acts chapter 8. This is very powerful. People say, well, I get the Holy Ghost when I believe. As soon as you believe, you get the Holy Ghost. That's probably the most common uh, form of salvation today known to man, that if you just believe on the Lord with all of your heart, pray the prayer, whatever, then you receive the Spirit of the Lord all of a sudden lives inside of you with no supernatural sign, no divine intervention, nothing, just your decision to believe in God, and now you're saved. You've got the Holy Ghost. Well, if we didn't have any experience other than Scripture, Mm -hmm. all we have is Scripture to go by. Uh, Acts chapter 8 would refute that doctrine completely. It would uh, completely, this is what we, I I call this an apostolic sledgehammer. When you start going through the book of Acts, sledgehammering and breaking down those, that false teaching that the man-made doctrine that all you do is believe, because the Bible says that Philip went to Samaria. In Acts chapter 8, you can look it up at home. If you have your Bible, you read along with me. He went to Samaria, and the Bible says he preached Christ unto them. And the whole city gave heed to the things which Philip spake. They believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says they were baptized in Jesus' name. He baptized them. They believed on the Lord. There was great joy in the city. So people say, well, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, how do you know you got the Holy Ghost? They say, well, I I got a healing. God healed my body, so I know I got the Spirit. I had one person tell me that one time. Guess what? In Samaria, in Acts chapter 8, in your Bible, they had a healing, but they didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. Okay? Then the Bible says they had great joy because Paul or uh, Philip's preaching this glorious gospel of hope. So they had joy. So people say, well, I know I got the Holy Ghost when I was eight or whatever, because I had joy of the Lord fill my heart. Okay. That's not what it That's says. Not, it, they had joy, but they did not have the, the Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost yet. That's what I'm talking So a lot of times people say, well, I got baptized. The preacher told me that when I was baptized, Brother Stowe, that's when I had the spirit of the Lord come inside of me just at baptism. Guess what? They had been baptized. They had joy. They had received the gospel message. They believed on the Lord, every, all of those things. And the Bible clearly says, I think it was verse 12, that they have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's right. It's- so they prayed for the revivalists to come down, Peter and John to come down to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And when Peter and John came down and laid hands upon them, the Bible says, and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with a supernatural sign. Speaking in time. Well, the Acts chapter 8 didn't tell us what that sign yeah. was, but yeah. it was a supernatural sign that the sorcerer of the towns, remember Simon, he says, yeah. I want to give money. Uh, Acts chapter, uh, let's see, Acts chapter two, Acts chapter eight, yeah. Acts chapter 10. We talked about that when, uh, when they went to Samaria or to Cornelius's house and preached the gospel to them, they got the Holy ghost for they heard them speak with tongues. Acts chapter 11, uh, Peter tells the, the church, uh, in Jerusalem, he says, I heard them speak with tongues yes. and that validated right. their salvation. That's what the Bible says. So people say, you know, I got to speak in tongues to be saved. Well, you got to get the Holy Ghost to be saved. That And that's a supernatural sign from heaven. Yes, it is the divine, the, it's the fire that falls to consume your sacrifice. Let, I'll finish this. Acts chapter 19. What have we talked about this last week? That he met certain disciples. They had been baptized by John the Baptist. They believed on the Lord, but they had not received the Holy Ghost yet. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? 
They said, we've not even heard that there be any Holy Ghost. And he said, hold it right there. How then were you baptized? Take this back a notch. They said, we were baptized. He says, you weren't even baptized right. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he baptized them in Jesus' name. And the Bible says, when they came up out of the water, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, for he heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So five times in the Bible, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and there was a supernatural sign every single time. Four of those times, it was receiving the Holy Ghost. So theologians, hermeneutical study uh, basics 101 will tell you that that fifth time would be speaking in tongues also in Acts Acts chapter 8. So here's what I say. This is what I think. Just ask you. I think that man does not want God's intervention they don't want a supernatural sign to validate their salvation. No. They want to be able to make their own salvation. Yeah. So if I can say, well, I've repented, then I'm saved. We're not allowing any access for the supernatural, for the God to, to come and consume our sacrifice. Almost like Cain, when he brought the Lord the sacrifice that he wanted to bring and got upset when God didn't accept it. Yeah. Well, we have, isn't that what happens? Yes, sir. It happens it's now. It's got to be a God's way, it's not God, our way. Every single time. Every time. Every time throughout the Old Testament, every God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anytime we bring something to God, this was all the way back in the tabernacle plan. When they brought the, the what they wait for when they brought the blood into the holiest the, the of fire, holies? The fire to come in. The fire to fall, it. the Shekinah glory to come in. And when the spirit did not come in, they... It was, remember when Ezekiel saw the spirit leave, mm-hmm. uh, remember when they built the new temple, Zerubbabel and all them, they poured the foundation uh, and uh, the people wept because they, they remembered the day when the spirit filled Solomon's temple. That's right. And they knew this is just going to be religion. This is just going to be us going through the motions. The spirit's not here. And if the spirit is not here. If there is no validation, no supernatural sign, then this we're just going through the motions. Yes, and, and this is what I think that pe- men don't want God to have to be involved. I've actually had him say that. What'd they say? I don't want God to tell me what to do oh or to, to lead my life. I was thinking about Acts 1 and 8. It said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and uh the power you, you have, and that's what we feel when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the first time. There's that power that we, we didn't have of ourselves. I've also heard people talk about the Spirit of God in us is what's going to change us from being a mortal being to an immortal being. Yeah. It's by the quickening of that Spirit. Yeah. If you read the Scripture uh, through the New Testament, talking about the, the epistles. Now, the epistles, the, the letters that were written to the churches, a lot of people get this confused is the letters were written to people who were already saved in the book of Acts. They were saved according to the apostles' doctrine. Yes, sir. And that was baptism in Jesus' name in water and speaking in tongues with receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what they all preached That's all right. the way through the book of Acts. So the book of the, the Corinthian church, the Colossians church, the Galatians church, uh, the Roman church, they were all baptized in Jesus' name and they were all filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were all what we would consider apostolic Pentecostals. Absolutely. Because that's what we believe and preach and teach is the same thing that that was taught in the book of Acts. 
So every church, in fact, one man said the whole Bible, the whole New Testament was written by apostolic Pentecostals. That's right. And that's true. They were written by these men that had the, they were apostolic. They were apostles, sent of God. And um, they were uh, a Pentecostal because, and I say that because they had that Pente- day of Pentecost experience of receiving the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Every one of them, Peter, all the writers of the New Testament, that's we know right. we're, we're tongue talkers. So we're, we, they were. What I love about that chapter when they first received the Holy Ghost was that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room and she received the baptism yeah, of the Holy Ghost. Even Mary got the Holy Ghost speaking, re- in speaking in another tongue. They all received the Holy Ghost. Her name was specifically mentioned That's right. uh, for us to know that she was there along with all the other disciples. And he, so we, man, I just want to get back to this. We, we don't want the supernatural power of God to validate, but that is the God's plan. That's a life change. That's the plan of God that he has to validate the sacrifice that we bring. We can't save ourselves. People say this. People say, well, you're saying that speaking in tongues is is causes you to be saved. No, it's not the speaking in tongues that causes us to be saved. It's receiving the Holy Spirit. It's the validation. It's the supernatural sign of God on our lives that God has sanctioned he has accepted our repentance yes so if I, I could look back at that person and say well if you if you're telling me that you're saved just because you made the decision to be saved mm-hmm. who who now is relying on works yeah you are you, they that are person yeah, yeah if person. you're just relying on your uh well i i choose to believe that means i'm choosing to be saved that's works. If it, if anything's works, that's works. Yeah, that's right. So here's what the scripture says. The scripture says in Colossians two and eight nine through twelve, he says that we have received power through the Spirit, through baptism, buried with Him in baptism, and receiving the Spirit of God, which is an operation of God. That's right. I tell people you got to be baptized in Jesus' name in order to have the remission of sins. It's part of your salvation. It's part of our covenant with the Lord. Well, how do you know that? Who preached that to you? Who taught you that? Did you hear that? Did UPCI teach you that? I got that right here out of the Bible. That's right. That's what they said in Scripture. And they didn't say anything else. They didn't say, say a sinner's prayer. They didn't say any of those things. They said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. How do do we think we're going to make it to heaven if we still have our sins? We can't. We can't. No sin will enter into heaven. No sin. We we won't pass judgment. So how are we going to pass judgment, Brother Stowe? wash away we got to be washed away only way we can have our sins washed away is baptized in jesus name so this is part of it so but people say well then you're that's your works you're being saved by works i promise you baptism is an operation of god yes our, we do our part we in do our baptized. part right i do my part my part is my faith in the fact that baptism is going to wash away my sins but there's no i cannot Save myself. Save myself. Yeah. I can't wash away my sins. No. I can't wish my sins away. I can't even pray my sins away, Brother Stowe. I can't even, I can't feel sorry enough to remove my sins. That's just leaving it up to me. But Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness in the act of baptism. Amen. So when we are baptized in Jesus' name, we take on his righteousness. That's that We can't do that. That happens, that's an operation of God. And then we are filled with his spirit. And how do we know we're filled with the spirit? Because we decide? No. No. 
because mm-hmm. he gives us a sign. If you read First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, Paul, Paul talks about this, that this is a sign from God. That's true. It's the confirmation it's, that you've it's the confirmation. He's received your sacrifice. Right. And so that's what, so the, to me, Brother Stowe, this is the main reason that men shy away from this doctrine. They push it aside. They'll try to think of every excuse mm. not to believe that speaking in tongues is for them because they don't want to rely on God for their own salvation. They want to rely on themselves. And, and I don't come against them. I, I think that it is ignorance. I think that it is people lack just don't knowledge. know. That lack, lack of knowledge. It's yes, not sir. because people don't love God or it's not what I'm saying. Yes, I just think that it's, we need to let them know. And I think that this is the power. I remember when I first got in the church, I was an atheist. I told you the story. Uh, I came to God. God healed my marriage, healed my family, did open heart surgery on me, not literally, but spiritually. Uh, There was a miracle that took place. I experienced a miracle of God that caused me to go from atheism to uh, being a believer. Okay, I believed in the Lord, right? Yes, sir. Um, I was baptized in Jesus' name, and it was wonderful. I'm telling you what, I had joy that I hadn't had. I can't even remember when I had joy. God would keep me awake at night. I'd see visions. I had visions. I had all of these things. But let me tell you, Brother Stowe, when I got the Holy Ghost with speaking in tongues, it was different. Nothing like it. There is nothing like it. So we, when we tell people that haven't had the knowledge, they don't know. They've been taught their whole lives tongues aren't for you. It's now, that's, not, that's just for the Pentecostals. That's just what that, those people believe. When we do tell them, and I can show it to them in Scripture. Very easy to show in Scripture, right? Um, I it, it it's not a it's not a letdown. It's an excitement. Yes, I, I remember my dad's testimony. If he were still alive, he would tell his testimony that when he first got in the church uh, in his twenties, uh, he was very excited about it. But he started seeking more. He said, ah, "This is I'm I'm on to something here," and he wanted the Holy Spirit. But they told him, "You remember his testimony." Mm-hmm. What they tell him? You remember what they said? They said, yeah. "There's no Holy Ghost." Yeah, that this is the, there's no speaking in tongues. There's none of that. Yeah. He they was, even say it's of the devil if you do. Yeah, right. Well, I've had people tell me that that all oh, speaking in tongues of the devil. Okay, so they they said there is no Holy Ghost. He was very disheartened. So uh, for for people like my dad, when they found out that no, no, there is there is a place yes, that you can go to, and God will meet you there that you will experience something from god beyond the word beyond preaching beyond church services beyond joy beyond healing beyond any of this Mm. that you can experience the fire from heaven a very a a real supernatural thing when we when people see that in scripture Mm. it's not a letdown no. It's not, oh my goodness, I haven't excited. made it. It's exciting. Excited, yeah. Because what did Peter say to them? This promise is unto you and to your children and their children and all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. I love what you've said. I've said it to so many people. I heard you say it. I have never seen anyone. Do you remember what you say? You said it to me one time. I've never seen anyone oh, pray, not receive the Holy Ghost. They prayed for the Holy Ghost, not receive the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. It may, some people, they get it quickly. Other yeah. people, it takes longer. But you keep seeking, you, you will find. You keep seeking, you will find it. That's what the Scripture says. It's a promise for us. It's a promise for you. 
So I asked my pastor one time. I didn't get the Holy Ghost the first day that I tried to get it, right? right. I prayed, and God did not, I didn't have a supernatural sign. And so I'd ask pastor, what do I need to do, man? Do I need to fast, pray? What do I need? He says, you know what? He said, I don't know what to tell you. He said, I don't know your heart. Only God does. That's right. So you just have to ask God, God, what is it that I need to do differently to receive the Holy Ghost? Brother, my pastor said, I don't know if you need to, I don't know what you need to repent of more of. I don't know. He said that you just need to find that out. But I didn't give up. I kept seeking it. And I kept asking God, Lord, lead me. I want to experience this real. I want the fire to fill the temple. Mm-hmm. I want the smoke to fill the temple, right? Just like they did in the Old Testament. That's true. Uh, I'm like Abel, man. I want to bring a sacrifice that's acceptable. And I want you to accept it. And he still does that today. He wants us to be that visible manifestation of the present spirit of God in our lives. Yeah. And it's wonderful, isn't it, Pastor? Yeah. So... Uh, do you believe that tongues have ceased? No, absolutely not. And no, so obviously we have the scripture that tells us, but there's another reason why. Personal experience. Personal experience yeah. does. We, you know, I, I said a minute ago, we have to remove personal experience if we're teaching a Bible study. Okay. But once we do establish the fact that the scripture does say this, let me tell you that right. I have a personal experience with the Holy Ghost and the and tongues have not ceased. Amen. I didn't make it up. I remember when my wife got the Holy Ghost spoken tongues. Uh, I didn't. I, I knew her. I knew her. Right. All the before then, I thought all these tongue talkers are just Jesus freaks, weirdos. Right. But when my wife got it, I thought she's not like that. She's not like one of those people that weird folks. I've known her since she was 15 years old, and here she is speaking in tongues. That was a validation for me that this was real. Not only scripture. But now it's a personal experience with this. Amen. So we see people get the Holy Ghost all the time. Yes, sir. And it's a very powerful thing. Wonderful thing. Why don't you pray? Pray us out here in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for our love for the word and the the fact that we can understand that tongues have not ceased. And Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that they would seek you in that way, that they would repent of their sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ by immersion in water, and that they would begin to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because, Lord, like I said before, I've never seen anybody pray for the Holy Ghost that hasn't gotten it. Lord, we thank you for that gift. We thank you for that supernatural visitation in our lives, the accepting of our sacrifice, and we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I do want to add this just in closing. If you like what you heard, click and like it and comment below. But if you don't like what you heard, click and like it and comment below. Whatever it is. If you disagree with something, we don't care. Just put it on there. And maybe if you maybe you throw a scripture out there and say, what about this? We'll address it in our next video. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Take care.